Hello and welcome to the Profitable Practice Podcast with me, Andrea Maxim, naturopathic doctor turned healthpreneur. And every week I'm bringing you no nonsense, no BS, actionable strategies to create a practice that is not only profitable, but fully sustainable by you. If you're an action taker like me and want to create a practice that is profitable, then you've come to the right place. Hello everyone, it's Andrea again with the Profitable Practice Podcast and we have a really amazing show for you today. But first, I wanted to make a huge shout out to the people that have taken me up on my free 30-minute strategy call which is available on the website maximizedbusiness.ca and I cannot believe the tremendous successes that we've seen even just after that 30-minute call, just the little tweaks and and, um, finishing touches that you've just made to your website or to your upcoming program and I just want to give a huge shout out to those people and congratulate them on their successes already and look forward to continue to work with you and helping you maximize your business together. But without further ado, I am interviewing David Denniston who is like the tax guy. He's an author of almost, I think you said, eight books in the call and this definitely requires a pen and paper because he goes into such simple strategies of how you can consolidate your debt, get debt free as quickly as possible and of course make your income taxes work for you. So without further ado, here's Dave. Hey Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. Now, I know why I've invited you on here, but you have to let everybody know who you are and what makes you so amazing to be on the Profitable Practice podcast today. Well, Andrea, thank you so much. It is my honor, my pleasure to be here. This is so fun. I've had the chance to listen to quite a few of your podcasts and you just deliver some awesome content. So, thank it's you. So- Uh, So for me, I'm actually a wealth manager, an author, a podcaster myself, and so I'm all about delivering content for people, trying to help folks get to be debt-free, reduce their taxes, as well as grow their businesses. So I'm passionate about all of those different things. And that is, I think, the big question that I personally at least have on my mind, as I'm sure anybody who's recently graduated from their naturopathic college and starting up a business is how on earth do I get out of debt as quickly as possible? And then of course tax time comes around and how can I make this work for me so I don't have to pay out as much and I can't wait to get more into detail about that. But Dave, you are an author of how many books? Going on eight. So we're working on number eight right now. And they're all on Amazon. And what are some of the best titles, like some of your favorite favorites that we should definitely check out? Well, my last book that came out a year ago, The Freedom Formula for Physicians, that's that's what I call my big book that encompasses a whole bunch of different areas. So I have a particular niche in doctors with what happened with my daughter, which I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, and the other ones, The Tax Reduction Prescription is a book that is near and dear to my heart, Five Steps to Get Out of Debt. For Physicians is another book near and dear to my heart and several more on a whole bunch of different things. So you've got to tell me how, like, what is your exact background and how did you get into just focusing on physicians with regards to tax stuff? 
well, we got we got a couple of hours, right? So <laughs> sure, go through the whole thing. But uh, for for me, I started out in college and in, in undergrad. Actually, before going into college, I wanted to be a doctor. I had struggled with injuries and was thinking about sports medicine, but that's just not the way things turned out. So went into college <laughs> to our benefit, <laughs> right? Absolutely. <laughs> And really went in the direction of business. And so I had this big passion for marketing. I had this big passion for finance and ended up going down the finance route. And I was actually based in Seattle, Washington at the times where I did my undergrad and started out my career. And one of the first things I had done was door knocking, going door to door to try and get clients, which who wants to do that, right? It (laughs) sucks. And so – uh, I ended up about uh, a year later working for another guy and uh, ended up over the course of four years improving myself, getting credentials, and I wanted to be a business owner. And I, it got to the point where I just had to make a change. So I made a huge acquisition, uh, which maybe we can talk about that a little bit, looking at buying a practice sure. that led me halfway across the country in the United States from Seattle all the way out to Minnesota. So it was a huge leap of faith. And so now we've been here for eight years and developing the practice here as well as still in Seattle and other parts of the country. And uh, I about four years ago now, so halfway in this process of being here in Minnesota, my wife and I had our second daughter. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, she's, uh, her name's Evangeline. And what happened was Halfway through the pregnancy process, my wife was just hurting so badly. She has having an extremely tough pregnancy, which is, you know, being a mom, how pregnancy can be. But she was actually getting to the point of having blinding headaches. Poor girl. She, she literally couldn't see. And she got hospitalized. With our first daughter, she had toxemia, preeclampsia, but went full term. And we kept on telling them, watch out for the toxemia. This, could this happen? And said, ah, don't worry about it. It can't happen until at least 30 weeks gestationally. Well, it turns out that my wife did get toxemia and at 23 weeks gestationally. Wow. And so we were really concerned about seizures and the stuff that happened the first time around. And here we were in the hospital and the doctors sat us down. They, they were studying the blood flow and the placenta and everything. And it was starting to slow down between my wife and my daughter. And we just had to make this really horrible life or death decision. Do mm-hmm. we take her out or not? Do we dare risk keeping her in the womb, letting her develop, but the blood flow is slowing, which she could die in there. Sure. Or do we take her out? And she might survive, but she might have all these complications. And so being a numbers geek that I am, I asked, hey, well, what's the chances of her making it? And I remember my wife just holding my hand and she was crying. And the the doctor said, well, less than 40 percent, which, matter of fact, I found out later was like 25 percent. Crazy. And so they they we ended up going forward with the decision. And and this one moment really changed my life where I had explained to my oldest daughter, who's now going on 11, that you know, this is dangerous. We don't know what's going to happen. And luckily, uh, everything turned out well. I was there in the operating room as they took out this tiny little kiddo with yeah. translucent skin. Yeah. Total of 12.4 ounces. 
And I was there as they were trying to get the breathing tube down her throat. And after, after then, she had a long honeymoon period, and we were in the hospital for nearly five months. No doubt. Ups and downs. She had some pneumonia, some other stuff. But the doctors, the whole medical team was so amazing. And I just thought about – we talk a lot about time about niches and avatars, right? Yes. For, for me, I really wanted to give back and give back to the community. So that's when I really got full on board with the books and now the podcast. And as we all know, books aren't a way to really make money big time, right? Yeah. It's, it's a small revenue stream, which is great, but you're not going to be able to survive most of us writing books. So right. for me, it's been a great way to connect with my target market and give back and help people out. Yeah. And I think that's wonderful. And and what a story to have brought you to that place. It's always interesting how life kind of steers you in directions. And sometimes it's a direction that you wish you had never gone down. But then the positive side is, is you know, what brought us together now. And now we're connecting and you're going to help yes. my audience. So as awful as that time was, I mean, it sounds like your family's healthy and everyone's good and your daughter's doing well, both of them. So yes. yes. So thank you still for coming on the show and definitely sharing that personal story. And so what has brought you from that transition to now? And and am I correct in saying that you've been recognized by Forbes as one of the 50 fastest growing advisors as well? Yeah. Well, thanks, Andrea, for, for bringing that up. You know, we're really blessed. You know, serving clients means so much to me. And we were growing tremendously over the past few years. And so we got recognized, like you said, by Forbes, one of the 50 fastest growing wealth managers, which was awesome. That is awesome. So now I'm going to pick your brain because now I want to get all of your good tidbits. (laughs) Absolutely. So let's start with the debt thing because I'm sure a lot of people, that's kind of our biggest thing is we, we enter entrepreneurship hoping that we will have some financial freedom. And of course, we want that to happen as quickly as possible. So what are some strategies that you talk about with your clients and your other physicians about how we can start to minimize and hopefully eliminate our debts? Yeah, I love this subject. Thank you so much for for bringing it up. It's something near and dear to my heart, which I see a lot of young physicians, a lot of young naturopaths, a lot of people in the healthcare field. You you go and you do all this schooling and you're spending all this time improving yourself and being the best possible doctor that you can be. And somewhere along the way they really miss this financial planning 101 stuff. You know, you're, well, I can you're... assure you we don't learn it. I can assure <laughs> you that. <laughs> they don't teach you marketing either, right? Not you know, really. You to grow your practice. And so for me, one of the biggest issues here in, in the States as well as I'm sure in Canada is debt, where a lot of residents that I talk with that they've gone out of medical school during their first few years of practicing, you know, they have $250,000, $300,000 or more in student debt. Yep. And it's this huge load. And at the same time, many of them are getting married or have been married. They're starting to have kids. They're saying, I can't stay in this apartment anymore. I want to be able to buy a house. And on top of that, they know they want to get rid of their debt. They know they don't want to work forever. That's right. Most most physicians, you know, they're working 60-hour weeks, sometimes more with being on call. And getting to that place of being financial freedom is so important, but yet they're juggling all these different goals. But in my opinion, debt is the number one thing we got to address 
first. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a physician, here in the U.S., for example, there's some debt forgiveness programs. And they're state-sponsored. They're federally sponsored. There's ones that are employer-sponsored. And so I tell everybody, take a look into those things. Make sure you get signed up for the right programs because then you can shave off $100,000 in debt, if not more. Many of them, you can get rid of the whole load if you work for a nonprofit. So there's some really awesome stuff people can do to do that. Now, let's say people want to go into private practice instead, which for me, I think is the great way to create wealth, like what you're doing with your practice. Yes. You know, you're in charge of your schedule. You can decide how much you want to work, when you want to work. That's right. And uh, obviously, you still have to feed your family and have those other things to balance, but you have more freedom. We talk a lot about here in the States about assembly line medicine, which is causing more and more burnout for physicians. Totally. They're losing that freedom that so many of us crave with our time because you're missing out ballet recitals and, and your kids' soccer games and hockey games and all that kind of stuff. So if you don't have a debt forgiveness program available, there's a few things I suggest people do. Number one most interest rates on student debt are so high. They're so, so high. So you got to cut that. You know, usually I'm looking at most people I talk with 6.8% just in interest. Yep. Which if you think about it, 300K, you're paying $20,000 a year. That's insane. This stupid debt, right? I mean, some people, that's all they make, let alone you have to pay this back. Mm -hmm. So that's something that if you're not going for a debt forgiveness program, you've got to do refinance your debt, which there's a lot of people out there, SoFi, DRB, Link Capital. There's a good handful of firms that will refinance at usually 4%, 4.25%, maybe 35 if you get real lucky. And so what exactly does that mean? Does that mean I say, is that almost like consolidating my debt to a, um, a lender or what have you that would give me at a lower interest rate? Yes, exactly. Okay. And then you have to figure out how long are you going to take to pay it back. Mm -hmm. So usually five years will give you the lowest interest rate. Seven years will bump you up a little bit. Ten years will bump you up a little bit higher, but then your payments are lower. So sure. you have to figure out what's right for me and my practice in terms of what I'm going to do. Yep. And at a minimum, what you want to make sure is that your credit score is getting higher so if you have below a 700 credit score, then that may not be the right time to refinance your debt. So what does that mean? So let's talk about that in a little bit more detail. What is, what did you mean exactly by, okay, let, let me take a step back. How could I make sure that my credit score does get better so that I do have more opportunities with regards to consolidating and finding financing? Absolutely, great, that's an awesome question. And there's a whole number of different things. I actually personally use a free website, creditkarma.com, which anyone And that's anyone free, can is it up. not? Totally free. Of course, they'll hit you up on email with offers for stuff, but of course. it's a it's way I personally track it because it draws from all three of the credit bureaus so you could see what your credit score looks like from the three main ones. And then it shows you how you can improve it. So just for example... Ten years ago, my credit score wasn't as good, even though I'm paying on time and everything's great, because length of history is a huge deal. So when a lot of mistakes that I see people making with credit is that they'll go and they'll open a new credit card at mm -hmm. a department store or just to switch to get a better benefit. But what sucks is that now that hurts your credit score. 
So length is something really, really important. So does that mean, and this is something that my mom told me, she said, you always need to have two credit cards to help improve your credit score. But what you're saying is it's not the number of credit cards you have, it's how long you've been able to prove that you can pay it off? Yeah, as well as there's a whole number of different things. Like, for example, the total size of your credit limit and what you're using. So if you have $70,000 of credit available, but you're only tapping 5K, they love that. You know, that you're not maxed out on it. Sure. So two credit cards is great because now you can have a longer length of history. Uh, but you want to have higher limits too, right? Okay. So ideally, you want to get that limit bumped up on I a regular see. basis. See, that's interesting because whenever the credit card companies tell me that I've been pre-approved for a higher credit limit, I, st- I run away from that as quickly as I can because I'm always afraid that – what, well, what am I going to do? I, does that mean I'm going to spend more before, you know, I, I always get worried about all the potential or if somebody steals my credit card, then they have all this extra money that they could spend. But what you're saying is having uh, the approval for a greater credit limit, but not going anywhere near it is actually to our benefit. Absolutely. Particularly if you're a younger physician, you're cool. just getting started. You know, that that's a great thing to do. Now, obviously, once your practice is built higher and higher and higher and you have a, a length of history, you know, let's say you're in your late 30s, early 40s, maybe at that point it's not as, as important. But as you're just trying to get started and you want to do stuff like buying your first house and you want to get a new car or something of that nature, that is so important. Okay. Now, now, what were we talking about before we got on the credit score? I think we were talking about how to consolidate our debts and getting yes. our interest rates down. So that's some of our ways of at least getting the student loans off. But what are some other ways that we can get our debts kind of paid off quickly or some strategies that you have? Totally. Well, I have three golden rules. So I'll share with you one of them right now. One of them is you want to focus on the debt that is not tax deductible. And where I see a lot of physicians making mistakes is they might have a mortgage, they might have student debt, they might have credit card debt. And the house debt, for example, here in the U.S. is tax deductible. And so they're paying $100 or $250 extra a month towards that, but that's money that they're getting tax credits for. Okay. Whereas credit card debt is not that way at all. So you want to pay off that consumer debt first and focus everything there. Don't worry about trying to pay an extra 100 or $200 to this and this and this. Just focus on one, that non-tax deductible stuff that you don't get any benefit for at all. Get rid of that stuff first. Smart. And if I'm not mistaken, student loans are tax deductible as well. Well, I'm not sure about what it's like in the in Canada, but here in the U.S., it's it's an in-between category. Okay. Because when you're in residency, you're making sixty thousand dollars a year, let's say fifty to sixty k. But once you're in practice and you're making a hundred, hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year, they're not going to be tax deductible. Okay. So depending upon where you're at in life. They can be, but once you're in practice for 99% of doctors, they're not going to be tax deductible anymore. But car loans or line of credit, would those be other ones that we'd want to pay off first? So definitely car loans for sure. Those aren't tax deductible unless they're owned by your practice. Fair enough. Then it might be. Uh, Same thing for a credit line. If it's a credit line for your business, if it's a credit line for your house, 
all those things are tax deductible. Okay. But all the other stuff, like if you just have a personal line of credit, that's not tax deductible. Got it. So you got to get rid of that first. So and that's that other your point, first. That's the golden first. rule. That's the first golden rule. Now, the other thing I'd like to to point out, Andrea, is that as we look at uh, debts, you want to have an idea of what can get you more cash flow quickly. Because I see a lot of physicians that that are struggling with burnout. You know, they're they're. I think I saw a statistic the other day about sixty five percent of physicians have been diagnosed themselves with burnout of some sort. Yeah, and. I see a lot of physicians that just don't think they can work as much anymore. And so getting to the point of having more cash flow is so important. So if you have a $200,000 student loan that you refinanced and you have a $10,000 car loan and they're about the same interest rate, let's say a couple percent difference, most folks are better off going after the smaller debt because then they don't have to worry about that once they get it paid off, the cash flow sure. is gone. And uh, they have that extra $250, $300, $400 a month in their pocket. So if they want to work less, they can. Makes a big difference. Huge difference. Absolutely. Very smart. So now what's number two or three? I guess we're at three now. Well, I, I, I'll tell people, check out the book so you can focus, learn, learn all of the different things because there's there's so much to talk about. Um, one, one thing that I would like to bring up that I think more doctors need to consider in terms of, of debt and taxes and all that kind of stuff is in having your own practice. And I know this is something that is near and dear to your heart with I see you sharing all kinds of really awesome tools and um, for example, debt in the building your practice area is tax friendly. So I encourage more people to have that tax-friendly debt that they can deduct because everyone wants us to grow our business so we can hire more people and spend more money and do all that kind of stuff. So I encourage everyone, you know, there's different kinds of debt. There's unfriendly stuff and then there's the friendly stuff. So building your own practice is so important. Now, I've seen in conversations with my colleagues about people just saying, you know what, screw the whole thing. I'm going to just claim bankruptcy and hope for the best. So let's talk about that because while it seems like, if I may say, an easy way out, it's hurting the rest of us that are paying our loans off or want to get a loan. And I want to know if you've had experience with clients that have done that and what their struggle was to build their credit score up again or sort of what your opinion is on that. Because it seems like, sure, I'll just claim bankruptcy and we'll just see what happens. But I personally find that a little bit scary to sort of take that chance. Oh, totally. You know, I think it's it's an idea that is coming up more frequently, particularly when you have this mountain of debt. Yeah, but uh, here in the U.S., what sucks is that it's actually bankruptcy protected. So, so no matter if you claim bankruptcy or not. not, It still sticks around. As a matter of fact, they can actually garnish your wages. Crazy. To go after that money because most student loans are backed by the feds. Mm-hmm. So they want their money back. 
And it's like, same thing if you don't pay your taxes. The IRS goes after your bank account to yeah. get their money uh, because they say you owe it. We're going to be the first ones to stick our hands in the pot yep. in the event of, of bankruptcy or something else. So bankruptcy is great for things like car loans, uh, a lot of the consumer debt, credit cards. So if someone is struggling with credit card debt, let's say they have $100,000 of credit card debt, which I've seen rarely but it does happen that's terrifying that's when you have to do it but you're right that there's consequences to doing this too because it destroys your credit so if you want to buy a house if you want to uh, get a new car if you want to do some of this stuff you know it's, it's really the last resort of what you want to do you know you really want to look at all of your other options whether it's refinancing your debts mm -hmm. whether it's um, trying to make more money somewhere else uh, whatever you can do lower your living expenses to get rid of them i encourage everyone to do that first but if you're just drowning in debt mm -hmm. you know you're way over your head in the stuff then absolutely bankruptcy can be a way to look at and have you have you seen how long it can take for some people to rebuild their life after claiming bankruptcy i haven't seen this too often to be honest but that's good from from what i hear it's usually about five to seven years yeah so it, it doesn't happen in a year. It's this long, drawn-out process. So you just have to be ready to slog through it if you go there. Okay. Absolutely. Any other tips on debt and refinancing before we go on to income taxes? No, I, I think that the main thing I encourage everyone to do is to map out your situation. Understand we're so busy with life, right? It can just be, oh, things are just the way they are and – I'll just keep going and it'll be all good. Yeah. Well, well, what if you took an hour just to say, okay, here I have this money in the bank. Here I have this, this money that's debts. There's this debt, this debt, and that debt. And there's some really awesome tools everyone can use, uh, whether it's uh, mint.com or one of those kinds of trackings. Just I'm to, sorry, what was that website? Uh, mint. Mint? Mm-hmm. M-I-N-T. M-I-N-T. So it's a free software. I use something called eMoney Advisor that uh, does very similar things plus does some financial planning stuff. Um, so those are great resources for people on top of Credit Karma to keep track of what am I spending, what are my liabilities, and putting your assets in there. Uh, but you really have to dig in a little bit further to see, well, what are my interest rates? Mm -hmm. Is it fixed or variable? Yeah. So, all of these things you have to do as part of this exercise of figuring out, well, where's my business growing, but how's my net worth doing? You know, is that growing or changing too? Very, very, very important. Okay, so with regards to taxes, I am a complete dodo brain when it comes <laughs> to taxes. I have no concept of what's going on. I just pass everything over to my accountant and say, I just hope she does a good job by me. <laughs> so maybe you can give me some ideas of, so this is a personal question that I have. I'm always wondering, how do people track their income versus their expenses to say, oh, you know what, I'm almost um, approaching or I'm in that next tax, tax bracket. And before my year is up, I need to find, let's say, a new expense to lower my tax bracket. Is that something that we can start tracking? Because I personally do not do that. But I wonder if maybe my income is starting to get 
too high on paper because I'm not maximizing on my expenses that I could be. So talk about that real quick and then we'll go into other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Taxes. Taxes suck, right? Yeah. Taxes totally suck. <laughs> Absolutely. Who likes to pay them, right? I don't. Yeah, me neither. And then the whole preparation thing isn't easy either. You know, it's it's a struggle for a lot of us to understand the system. And so what, what I want people to understand about taxes is there's some really easy things that you can do to lower your taxes. I would love Five to know things. that. And so here, here are a few. This is right from the tax reduction prescription as well as from the Freedom Formula for Physicians. Uh, one of the first steps that you want to do is take advantage of free money. So what this means is if your employer is offering you a retirement plan, which is both in Canada and the U.S., they'll often give you money just for participating, and you get a tax deduction when you participate too. Yes. So you got to do that. Now, here now can I the- ask you a quick question? Because yeah. this is a conversation I have with my husband all the time. Is And I could be wrong about this, but I was brought up that you don't get to save money until all of your major debts are paid off. So for me, it's hard for me to start putting money away into RRSPs and things like that when I'm sort of like, well, I could be paying off my line of credit. I could be paying off my student loans. So what do you think about that? Well, I, I think it's a balancing act, right? You know, it depends on how you're employed too. So for you and I as self-employed folks that we're building our practices, we're, we're on a different kind of a trajectory than someone that's not. Sure. So let's just take a look at the debts again, for example, that let's say you have uh, a mortgage on your house, which is tax deductible. You have uh, student loans, which are not. Let's just use that, say that they're not yep. at this particular point. And then you have credit card debt, which the credit card debt, you know, is, let's say it's a 15% interest rate. Well, obviously, in that particular case, in my opinion, paying off the credit cards is huge. But let's say you've got your student loans left and you've got your mortgage left and the interest rates are real low on these things. Well, now it, we might have to balance this out a little bit. So, because in order to be debt-free on your mortgage, that might take you another 10 or 15 or 20 years. So, in the meantime, you can get a tax deduction, which let's say you have to look at a tax bracket and say, hey, how much taxes did I pay last year? How, what was the percent of taxes that I paid on average? So, if that was 25, 30, 35%, well, you're getting this huge tax deduction today to put in money, whereas your interest rate on your mortgage might only be 3 or 4 or 5%. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge difference between the two in terms of a benefit. So in my opinion, I think you have to balance all these balls together. So it depends on how much debt you have. It depends on how much in taxes you're paying. Sure. If someone is listening to this and they're a medical student or they're a resident or a fellow or a newly practicing doctor, in many cases, you're probably better off not getting a tax deduction because you need to save up money to buy a house or you have some credit card debts you have to pay off. Whereas if you're a practicing doctor, then you have to balance this stuff altogether. But I tell everyone, if you're working for a employer and they're giving you a match, take that free money because Mm -hmm. 
not only do you get a tax deduction, they're giving you like a 50% or 100% rate of return just for participating. So you can't get that on your credit card debt even at 15, right. 20%. You're not going to give you a 50 or 100% rate of return. So yes. depending on your situation, you have to gauge it. Now, I will tell you that I have a number of clients that have great practices and great businesses, and they're nearly debt-free or they are debt-free. And then we can do some really, really, really cool stuff like setting up your own business retirement plan where you can sock away anywhere a big range of, of zero all the way up to a few hundred thousand dollars per year depending upon what kind of retirement plan you're looking at. And when you're making a whole bunch of money, right, I mean, getting a tax deduction of 50% of that money is a huge deal. Sure. So. And and so what other things do you have sort of in your, you have five smart ways, in fact. Yes. So free money is one. That's one, putting money in a retirement plan. Now, the second thing for a lot of physicians working in hospitals, they actually have two retirement plans. So as the debts are getting paid off, until debts are paid off, I wouldn't use the second retirement plan. But when you do, you can use the second one to get yourself another tax deduction. Sure. Another smart thing that a lot of uh, clients do is they do what's called tax loss harvesting. So if you're saving money away in an account where investments, right, they're going up and down and some are going up, others are going down. A really smart way is to sell the losers and create a tax loss that you can write off. Interesting. Right on your taxes. Uh, so that's a great way to do it. So killed onto the gainers but sell some of the losers and then buy them back a month later or something if you want to. But that way you can get a tax deduction today, this year for that. Um, fourth way is, of course, being a small business owner. So we have tax deductions for all kinds of stuff. And obviously it depends on where you live, whether Canada or the U.S. Uh, but some common examples being cell phones. You can tax deduct your cell phone. If you have a home office, you can often tax deduct part of your house and your utilities and all that kind of stuff. Now, on that front, I've, I have spoken to my accountant, and she said sometimes taxing your home office or a space as a business generating space can work against you based on, I think she mentioned something like capital gains, or when you sell the home, you have to worry about some of the backlash with that. Can you comment on that real quick? Yeah, the, so certainly you get a tax deduction for it, and uh, here in the United States, for example, up to, if you're married, $500,000 of equity is tax-free. So taking a small deduction on your house when you've lived there two out of the last five years doesn't really make much of a difference unless your house is just really crazily appreciated, which is an awesome problem to have. Right. Uh, but she's right that it does make your taxes a little more complicated. Yes. Okay. But if you're looking to save money, I mean, why go. not? Uh, it does open you up. Full disclosure does open you up to possible audits more. You know, you get more aggressive with some of the, the tax deductions. Well, then you might get hit with an audit possibly. But if you're doing everything right and ethically, I always say there's no reason to be concerned about this. Okay. Stuff. You know, you document it. You know, if you're making up that, that uh, you bought a car when you didn't, you should be worried. Yes. You know? That's fair. Uh, you're making up stuff, there, there's reason to be worried. But if you're not, then why not take advantage of everything that's offered to you? Yes. You know, I often say one of the tricks with debt for tax deduction 
is why not move some of your debts, if possible, from being non-tax deductible to being tax deductible. So, for example, uh, let's say you, you have uh, a student loan now that only has 20 or 30 grand on it, yep. but you have equity in your house. So the student loan isn't tax deductible at this stage, but your house is. Why not move some of that money that's here and take a home equity line of credit or something that you're going to pay off in the next few years? So moving that kind of money is a really smart way to make another tax deduction. Awesome. And then the, the fifth way that I often talk about is being charitable. So uh, I love making a difference in, in the world. Obviously, with everything that's happened to my daughter, you know, my wife and I, were passionate about March of Dimes and we're, we're passionate about some local organizations here that help out people that were in a si similar situation to us and, and research with toxemia and some of the stuff that, that we've been through. And we also give a scholarship to our uh, alma mater every year because uh, it's, it's something that we're passionate about in, in education. Uh, and there's all kinds of stuff people could do, everything from donating to the goodwill to if you've had a stock that's appreciated a lot, you can donate that to a charity and not have to realize a capital gain to um, starting your own foundation. Uh, I have physician clients that have grown portfolios of millions of dollars and their kids are doing great and, and they're not going to need the money. And so an awesome way to take care of some of these required minimum distributions is to put it off into your own foundation. Mm -hmm. And then you don't have to get pay taxes on it and you can do some really awesome stuff yeah. for the world. That so. sounds great. And that's just a few, but those are some of, the, some of the most powerful ones that I know that could help people out right now. Do you have any final things for us to think about, us to start tracking, us to pay attention to when it comes to our finances and in and around tax season? You know, I just suggest to everyone, uh, it's easy just to shove off the responsibility on your CPA to prepare it, right? But it's, it's those guys are doing so much this time of the year that it's easy for them to make a mistake. Not saying that your, your tax preparer might be wrong, but it's really easy. So just review over it, double check stuff. But then beyond that, find a time during the year where they're not busy. So you can really do some tax reduction strategies. I find one of the difficulties is there's a lot of tax preparers, but there's not a whole lot of proactive mm -hmm. tax planners. So they prepare your taxes, but they don't really help you reduce it. You know, they just can't say, oh, the system is the system, but they don't like to think away. So I just caution everyone, make sure that you have someone on your team that prepares your taxes, but make sure you also have someone on your team that helps you to think of ways to reduce your taxes too. Cool. And what is some great ways for people to get in contact with you? Yeah, well, thank you, Andrea. The, the best way, I have my podcast, The Freedom Formula for Physicians, so you can find that on iTunes. You can also go to my website, drfreedompodcast.com, which has all my latest content and my books and all kinds of cool stuff. And then the other thing that I wanted to offer up to your listeners was uh, the website that I put together that had five tools to help them grow their practices. Awesome. So if they go to drfreedompodcast.com slash maxim, your last name, M-A-X-I-M, then they can get some of these five tools uh, that I've been using to grow my business, which I think could be helpful for them too. So again, that's drfreedompodcast.com slash maxim. 
Awesome. Well, thank you. Oh my goodness, Dave. I can't believe. And and you know what? You say things in such a a really easy to listen to way. Like you don't get into all the jargon. You don't get into all the crazy details. Like I followed you this entire time. So I hope people followed you just as easily as I did. And you're leaving us with some really amazing strategies. And now I definitely need to book a a preemptive um, (laughs) appointment with my accountant just to make sure I'm doing everything right. But again, I just really want to thank you so much for your time because I know you're a busy man. And thank you so much for all the other positive things you're doing outside of your business because I think that's wonderful. And I hope everybody takes you up on your offer on the website. And I will have that website link on our podcast show notes on maximizedbusiness.ca. Any last words or are you good? No, I just thank you so much for having me. It's fun connecting with other people like-minded business owners and so i just encourage everyone in the audience that uh, podcasts like this make sure you're reviewing it to help uh, andrea out spread the word and uh, because those reviews help everyone with our podcasts and to get more people on board and help more folks so thanks so much and i hope you have a wonderful rest of your day week month whatever it is (laughs) all that stuff absolutely well thank you again andrea bye Well, there you have it, guys. That was another amazing show, and I hope you learned lots from it. I would love to hear directly from you how you're liking the podcast, what shows you would like to hear, um, if there's people that you want me to reach out and interview, if you want me to interview you, and definitely, as I said in the beginning, take me up on that free 30-minute strategy call, and we can see if we can start maximizing your business today instead of waiting a couple of months when we really could have been leaving a lot of money on the table. So check out maximizedbusiness.ca. Definitely go to the podcast show notes there and you'll see all of the links that I promised from Dave's show today as well as previous podcasts that we've had. And just like he said, make sure you're leaving those iTunes reviews because it helps the podcast grow and it helps me get higher ranking on iTunes so we can share this with more people. I hope you guys have an amazing day, amazing week, amazing month, and I'm I'm Andrea. I'm out. You guys are killer. Thank you as always for listening to the Profitable Practice Podcast. Leave me a comment and if you haven't already, I would love a review in iTunes. Definitely subscribe to this podcast and leave me a quick review. For those ready to maximize your practice, contact me at www.maximizedbusiness.ca.